Hello, this is Brian Wampler with another episode of the Chasing Tone Podcast, a podcast about guitars, amps, effects, as well as a healthy dose of interesting off-topic discussions. Back again today is my good friend Blake Weiland from the amazing podcast called The Tone Mob. How's it going, man? Oh, man. Busy times. Busy times. It's, uh, it's wild over here, I tell you. Yeah, it's, so today, well, as we record this, is uh, election day. So, so it's, a little, uh, it's a little bit of a different type of day on, on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and in the world. I, I uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit torn because, you know, I definitely don't like to get political, even though everything's political these days, and I can understand the, the argument for that. But, like, I'm like, man, if I tell people to go vote, which they should, and I have, like, I, I've already voted, it's, it's like, is is me saying go vote really going to get somebody who's not voting at this point to go vote? I feel like no is the answer to that, but maybe I'm maybe I'm being uh, ignorant. Do, I don't do know. Do you remember the Rock the Vote campaign? It was I on do. YouTube and or not YouTube, but um MTV in like was it the 80s or 90s or something like that? Yeah, I remember that. I do. I wonder how effective that campaign was. You know, every rock star in the world going, "You need to vote." Um, um I don't know. I feel like it probably made impressions on younger people. You know, uh, I know when I was a, like a teenager, I was like, ah, voting. Like, what's that? My vote doesn't mean anything. Blah, 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 blah. This is stupid. And then like a bunch of like the punk bands I was into, like brought it to my attention that it was actually an important thing to do. And like, we should participate in this, you know, otherwise it's just going to be old people running everything. And I was like, Oh, maybe I do need to vote. <laughs> hey, what's so, wrong with old people, Blake? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I'm becoming one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just wait till your, uh, your white crispy shoes come in the mail. You get them when you turn 50, by the way. Speaking of that, I forgot. I have to tell you something. Mm-hmm. So you remember you got some shoes uh, from a I, guy. Yeah. I did. Yes. Yeah. Well, I met up with Mike finally. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we we got to hang out and, and nerd out, and he's probably going to listen to this because he seems like he listens to almost every episode. And uh, he bought me a nice pair of shoes. So thanks, Mike. What a heck of a guy. He was. Such he was a, nice a great guy. guy. It was so he was so cool to talk to, and uh, he, he has a deep musical history. And it was uh, it was really fun to meet. It's always fun to meet up with listeners and nerd out when you can. But that was a that was a lot of fun. That happened last week. We we uh, we hung out for a little bit, and I got some nice red Nike shoes. They don't really That's look awesome. like dad shoes. They look kind of like. <laughs> Shoes I would wear. Same, same with me. I, I actually don't wear the the uh, the white dad shoes. I, I generally just wear. I don't either. In fact, one of the pairs I, I bought a pair myself because we were at the employee store, uh, and one of them is is kind of the opposite. They're all literally all black, all black Air Force ones. So yep. I don't know if those are dad shoes or not. But I mean, I'm a dad, and they're my shoes, so I guess they are by definition. Right. I uh, I mean, especially now during COVID, I work out a lot from home. And I've always have kind of wore running shoes just mm-hmm. because it they feel much better on my weird arch on my feet. Every, right. ev- literally everything else hurts my feet. Right. And running shoes just don't. So that's the reason for the running shoes mostly. Um, but yeah, I had had those had my uh, my Nikes on from for, that Mike got me. Thank you again, Mike. Um, 
fantastic shoes. I love them. They're fantastic. I was in, in Virginia, um, at, actually from at Alex Clay's with his family this weekend. And got to meet another one of our big fans, Roxy Gwynn. So big shout out to Roxy. Oh, who brought me nice. some brought me some authentic Virginia peanuts among some other gifts that, that uh, he didn't have to bring, but you know that I'm I'm a peanut guy. I so love peanuts. He brought me a bunch of really, really good peanuts. Um, but anyways, this is not the peanut podcast. It might this be. It, it might become one. <laughs> Shoes and peanuts. Shoes and peanuts on this podcast. Great episode <laughs> today. Uh, I, I've been away from the guitar pedal game for like four or five days now since like last Thursday, I think. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like I missed a decade of things that <laughs> happened. So today I'm like asking everyone, so so what pedals are popular now? Like what's everyone into? <laughs> I just I feel like the world moved on without me. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up. Well, uh, I can tell you one thing that I, I, I've been really, really digging. I actually made a video on it over the weekend. I actually made two videos with it over the weekend. Uh, I got in from our friends at Big Ear Pedals, the Albi. Have you, do you remember that thing? I don't know if you, we've talked about it all. I've never played it, huh? Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. It's a eight mode. Well, it's actually technically 16 mode, but an eight mode, a, what's he called? A modulated reverber, reverberator or something like that. And he calls it that because each mode is, it's basically set. It's, um, how would I describe it? Each mode is a combination of different effects and you do not get to adjust them. They're preset. You blend them in and out and it's all based around like 80s post-punk and like that jangly sound. Mm-hmm. They're all different versions of like, the cure type sounds and things like that. And you got eight different modes to select from. And it's kind of nice because there's like these really complex, really well dialed in sounds, but it's the simplest pedal. There's which mode are you in and how much of it do you want? Like a blend knob. And, and it just makes it like, it's like you can get these really rich sounds without really having to think about it all that much, which is a lot of fun. Hmm. I, I was initially like, Grant, what are you doing? I need my options. I got to be able to tweak these parameters. And once once I got it and messed with it, I'm like, oh, I see. I see what you're doing here. It's a, it's really fun. But, the yeah, there's a video on YouTube that I made if you're curious so, about So it. the nerdy circuit guy in me is, is curious. Do you know what type of circuitry it's using? Is it using multiple Princeton chips or spin or any idea? I believe it is an FE1-based uh, platform. Okay. So uh, I I don't know that for a fact because I haven't opened it up, but I'm guessing just because of the numbers of everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I it is. It. Um, I uh, I was thinking this weekend about the digital versus analog thing in a completely new way. It, it, more be- because when I was at let me back up a little bit. When I was at Alex's house, um, and for those of you who don't know, you, you can listen to some episodes that Alex Clay who used to work for us was on. Uh, sadly, he passed away earlier this year, not due to COVID, due to some other circumstances in his health, but um, he passed away. And so I uh, went and visited with his family, uh, never, never met him in per- never met them in person and just, just hung out with them and just a great, bunch, great, good bunch of people. Um, so I did that. And one of the questions that Alex's brother was asking me was kind of along the lines of designing an analog versus digital 
And I got to thinking about it on the way home because it was like a 12-hour drive. <laughs> right. And, and me being an introvert anyways, uh, you know, it's just like going way deep in my head thinking about stupid stuff. And one of them was how, what would be a good analogy in designing um, from an analog point of view versus digital? And I thought, okay, well, here I am. I'm using the cruise control of my car. Analog would be like, all right, so what size and how heavy of a concrete block do I need to set against the, the gas pedal to keep it at a certain speed, you know? Mm -hmm. And how do I change that block whenever I'm going uphill or downhill? Versus digital is like, all right, turn this switch on. What do you want the switch to do, by the way? All right, so when you speed up, how should we speed this up? Give us a command. Like it's, <laughs> like it's literally doing the same thing, completely different, all based on commands. Like, tell us what to do. All right, whenever you press the gas pedal down, and you press set, should I set the speed there or should I just accelerate slightly? Because that switch does both. So how am I to, to determine which one to do? <laughs> that was the path that my thinking was going down. Like, how would I actually code this? You know, how do you, how would you do that in a, in a cruise control system? Um, well, that's anyways, yeah. interesting. No, you're, you're, I mean, obviously you're right about that. Because like what I'm learning about digital stuff, it's like it's a lot of if this, then that. Or if yes. this and this, then that, you know. Yep. Uh, and obviously that can lead to infinite possibilities, which is why there's so many crazy digital things out there. But yeah, it's, it's, it's when you break it down, it's very much it's like if, if these parameters are doing this, then we perform this action. And if we read these inputs and the parameters are doing this, we do this action. It's constantly doing that. Yeah. Which... Yeah, very much so. And even like delays and that sort of thing. Um, I know there's some folks who don't think that like a digital delay can sound just like analog. Uh, completely not true. You can mimic everything, everything really, really accurately if you want to. Um, so some fun things we've been messing with this week is just uh, doing something somewhere along those lines. And it's been fascinating to see just how close we can mimic an analog circuit just with code. It's getting better and better all the time. You know, we've, we've been saying that for years. It's not getting any worse at it. It's getting yeah. only getting better. In fact, one thing I'm really interested in right now, it's not exactly guitar gear specific based, but it is sound based it's made by slate digital let me look up the name of it exactly so i don't butcher this but slate is a, a pretty well-known dsp based company um they have the what are they what are they called the slate vsx headphones i am highly interested in these and basically i've seen those yeah the idea of it is the, these headphones are supposed to be able to mimic different spaces that you would be listening to a mix in. So they've got all these different really famous high-end mastering and recording studios in there. And they've got, like, the classic, like, car audio system. You know, like, you go and listen in your car as a reference. They've got, you know, earbuds, all kinds of different things built into these headphones. It's emulations of all this stuff so you can reference your mixes quicker. And, you know, normally I'd be kind of skeptical about that stuff, but Slate's known for being really, really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, I say he, but I mean, the company is fantastic. 
Yeah, um, Stephen Slade is the the face of the company, but uh, yeah, yes, yeah, and yeah, he's incredibly talented. But yeah, I actually just checked this out. I knew he had some other things along these lines. I haven't seen the the headphone uh, version of this. He's got some mic things that do the same. Well, not the same thing, but basically, let's say you're using SM57, and you're like, yeah, I'd really rather a Royer 121 right here. Mm-hmm. Um, some plugins that will kind of take that sound of the SM57 and do all the computing and make it sound like a Royer 121, as I understand it. Um, I've seen some videos on it and it looks amazing. And I've actually, that was one of the things I was looking at last week. I'm like, I really need to just try these and see, you know, see what they do because it sounds fascinating. Um, but yeah, the, the mix, the VS, VSX looks amazing. It says rent to own for, for $39. I'm looking here like, what are you renting? Are you renting the headphones? Or are you renting, is it like a member system type of thing? Or I think you are literally like renting the headphones. I'm pretty sure. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah, I, I want to try those. I I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but that's like one thing. I I I do all my mixing in headphones, and I really have been like, I should invest in some good monitors and blah blah blah. I'm looking at these, going like, well, maybe this is a good option, because I don't know. I I've had good luck in well, I don't use a lot. I'm not like a studio, so I don't have like all of the Slate products. But what I do know of them, it's been very very well regarded stuff, and I'm like, well. Maybe that's the solution I need right yeah. there. Yeah, I, I love this Slate company. Um, actually, the more I get into this game, the more I, lo- I love plugins. I won't say as much as pedals because I love the hardware. I love actually having a device. But as far as working, if I'm doing something within a DAW, I use plugins quite a bit, you know? So I think this was posted in your group a few weeks ago, actually, and I don't remember what the technical term for it is but do you like plugins that look more like analog devices with like where they look like they have a knob that you turn or do you like them to be more like a computer interface well you see i i actually posted that because there was a richard oliver who you know he was on podcast with us several times over the past mm-hmm. few months mm-hmm. um he and i were 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 um debating on which one is is better you know which one looks better to the to the user um i guess in the in circles right now in creative development circles um what they're what is typically popular is more like a flat sort of look so if you look at plugins that um just came with the new version of apple logic for example that's more of a flat style Versus the older styles actually look more like a realistic piece of hardware. Yes. That now technically that's more of an older style of of um, and it's just art. It's not actually what's doing anything. Right. Um, it's just kind of like um, multiple pictures moving behind the plugin. And um, apparently, it looks like most people in the group really like them to look more accurate. They look at like they wanted it to look more like the actual pedal or the actual amplifier. Um, so fascinating to see what what users are wanting versus what's popular in the creative development environment. We'll be right back. 
Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I was I was actually surprised that the flat look, for lack of a better term, I know there's a different name for it. I forget what it is, but I forget um, what it is too. <laughs> there's a name for the other one too. I Richard talked about it in there. I don't remember what it was. My brain's not working very well, but I think that it has to do with like guitar players versus like web designers. You know, like of course, as guitarists, we kind of like the physical nature of pedals and guitars and you know everything we do is kind of a physical thing and we you know of course we like we love our tube amps we love all that stuff so it doesn't really surprise me that the older look is preferred i when i think about it aesthetically i prefer it but then when you actually go to like use it it's way easier to like slide a bar up with your mouse than it is to turn a digital knob yeah it's it's not as functional it's not functionally as easy or as friendly to to use those things that way. Now, physically in real life, it's it's about the same to push a slider versus turn a knob. Right. But but on a computer, I can understand why there would be a trend towards the the flat look, whatever that is. Richard's going to be so mad at us for not <laughs> knowing what this is. <laughs> I mean, technically, if we had more time, we're not going to do this, but technically we could stop right here call Richard up, get him on the podcast, resume recording, and no one would know. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But he's probably, you know, not in any condition for that. (laughs) Plus, uh, a time crunch day because it's election day, you know? And I I got up late today since I got in late last night. And when I got in late, I I hadn't played Xbox for like four or five days. So I had to get my chops back up. So I played Xbox oh, man. late late into the evening. I would say early into the morning, rather. Uh, I had to get my chops back up there on, on the um, you know on the thumbsticks. Played a little bit of Call of Duty, and then went to sleep. Woke up, and here we are. So if I sound like I'm like half awake, it's not that I'm half awake. It's that my brain is not completely awake yet. Normally, when we make these podcasts, uh, I've been up for a while, and I have not today. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a little bit of a similar. Thing. I uh, I have a big, I have a lot to do today. I've got multiple podcasts and a bunch of, you know, boring administrative stuff to do. But uh, before the day is over, I'm very much looking forward to, this will be the first time this year that I have gotten to do a sensory deprivation tank, uh, which is normally something I like to do once every couple months. And uh, I'm going to go float later today. I'm very, very That's excited awesome. about it. <sighs> That's awesome. I'm so okay. ready. So speaking of so speaking of, of COVID related things, I, I know you probably haven't done that because of COVID, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I want to try to get one last thing in here. I just a little bit shorter podcast today, uh, but one last thing in here that I saw that I think might help some others that are going through 
money related stuff, let's say, mm-hmm. or career related stuff. So I have a friend who uh, has owned piano bars. He's played in piano bars basically his entire adult life. I played in a band with him in Florida for a short period of time, and I was in my youth uh, in Tampa. But anyways, he, you know, he's been doing these like dueling piano bar type things, gigs, I guess you could say. And he, there's really not a whole lot going on with that, of course. And so he's literally at the point where he's asking, you know, what should I just get a regular job here? I've got, I've got to pay the bills. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we just, I've had like three or four gigs in the past six months. This is not going to work out. And I was thinking, okay, so what, what do you do in that situation? Do you, do you start some sort of content-based business where you're giving lessons and, and doing that whole thing? which is generally what a lot of musicians do and not a bad way to go. I mean, it's been very lucrative for a lot of people. Um, do you go that route or would you go somewhere different with that skill set? I remember go, you, you know, like literally every song. I mean, he's, he's this good. Someone will name some weird song. No one else has ever heard of it. He knows a song. He knows what the key, he knows the chords. He knows the words like, just like that. Mm-hmm. He's just like a jukebox. Yeah. So, you know, if I'm him, I would, I would def, I would do all of it. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would do what you're explaining, like lessons. Obviously, he, you know, has the knowledge and the ability. So lessons online, you know, uh, in person, whatever you, whatever you can do at this point. But another thing he should do is the same thing that we're always harping on, which is content, like. Get on the YouTubes. I mean, that's how you generate uh, a lot of interest in, you know, maybe having you as a teacher. In fact, Tyler Larson from Music is Win, when he came on, a lot of people might think of him as, you know, kind of a guy who makes goofy, funny videos around guitar stuff on the internet, and he's just a goofball. But that guy's actually very focused. He started doing all of that because he had a course he wanted to get out in front of people. But he's like, well, how do I get it out in front of people? I don't have an audience. I guess I got to make one. Or, you know, I got to get to people. I got to reach right. people. And he talked about all this on his episode with, that I did with him. And uh, he came at it very intentionally. Like all of those videos he d- he does are so people notice him and start, you know, wanting him to work with them and do other things. So that's what I would say is start doing that. Like, you know, we've got time. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're not working your normal job, you you probably have time. So start hammering on that stuff because it's a ton of work and it does take a lot of time, but it will pay dividends eventually. So that's, so that's let's what I would do. Let's be a little specific. If you're playing piano, for example, where do, where exactly do you start? Do you start with a video of uh, five popular songs in the key of C, or like where where would you start there? I think that I think that's something that also slows down a lot of people from starting because mm-hmm. it seems so big and ambiguous. Well, there's so many different ways to to slice it, and I think the biggest thing you should do is throw a bunch of stuff out there and see what sticks. So maybe it's like showing people how to, you know, to work on ear training. Maybe it's yeah, a bunch of popular covers. Maybe it's uh, how to play those co- those covers. Maybe it's both. Maybe you play a, a popular song that just came out last week. I don't know what just came out last week. Just throwing it out there. And then you do a follow-up video. Okay, now here's how you do that. You know, and here's the key it's in, and here's the specifics about it. 
there's all kinds of different ways to slice the content. But the the reality is, you don't really know what's what's going to work. I've t- I've talked to enough YouTubers at this point and enough content creators that the recipe is to try things and see what happens. <laughs> here's here's the trick. There is no trick. <laughs> there is no trick. There is no trick. And also reach out to people. You know, if this guy's insanely talented, which he, it sounds like he is, you know, even if he has no, you know, no, uh, what should I say, uh, relationship with anybody, you know, he can, if he can send in a mind-blowing video to, you know, some other content creator, they might want to have him on for a chat, and that can give him a little boost. Right. There's another thing that I think doesn't quite get explored enough amongst uh, creative talking people uh, or creative leaning people, but you can also get work on Upwork and Fiverr and those things. If you're in a pinch, like make a couple of videos. Like if he can literally play any song, like he could definitely get work. There's constantly people looking for intro music for podcasts or music for videos or whatever. And, you know, it might sound kind of boring to do commercial work because that's technically what that is. But if you look at somebody with his skill set, you know, I mean, well, for example, I've even done this a few times where I've made music for other podcasts and they paid me a little bit of money. And it was like, okay, this isn't really my style of music. It's not what gets me fired up and passionate. But, you know, I made a couple hundred bucks in in an hour. (laughs) So right. it's like, it, it's hard to argue with that, right? It's like, that's, yep. that's like lawyer money, you know, or cheap lawyer money, I guess. But it's, 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 it's lawyer money. Yeah. Um, I, and I think a lot, of, a lot of different industries are kind of moving more towards uh, some sort of contract basis um, form of work versus a direct employee-employer relation. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of more along that line as well, where you're just taking bits and pieces from multiple places, multiple streams of income and summing them all into one thing in order to make a living you know. But, um, that's, that's good stuff. I'll definitely pass that on to him. Yeah. Maybe you so, can come on the podcast and tell us about piano stuff. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so tell me how you get that tone. <laughs> I do. I really enjoy the piano. I'm really bad at it, even worse than guitar, but I, I yeah. have a piano here that's been in the family for a long time, and I really like how it sounds. I'm okay if I can. Well, and I literally mean I'm okay. I can do chords if I stick to the white keys. So if I play in C, <laughs> I'm okay. You start get, getting the black, the black keys in there. I'm like, whoa, whoa, back up. Hold Wait. on a second. This is like throwing majors and minors in together. Yeah, I don't understand. What is this? Yeah, I can't do the fancy chords there. So, all right, well, that's good stuff, man. I appreciate it. No problem. So thank you for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. To email Blake, simply email info at tonemob.com. If you like this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends, bandmates, and others into guitar podcasts. If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is just to literally share it. Maybe go to the Wampler Pedal site. Maybe pick up some pedals if you want to spend some, some cash. And also, don't forget to check out Blake's wonderful podcast as well called The Tone Mob. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.